Welcome to Triple XP. This is episode 23. I'm Shane, and with me I have Mike. Sup? And this week we have the return of the absolutely wonderful JB. Hello. So handsome. Hopefully, we won't have to edit any of JB's jokes out this week. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and all the other important podcast places. On this week's episode, we discuss the weird decisions over at Crystal Dynamics. Mike reviews Curse of the Dead Gods. Yep. And we get talking about reboots. But before we do any of that, how are you both on this fine day? Pretty good. Yeah. I'm I'm well, thank you. I actually, despite the fact that everything's still locked down, a lot has happened since I was last here. We got a cat. So that's been really fun. Um, I finished Persona 5 Royal, which was, it took 211 hours to do. So wow. I'm sure. Wow. <laughs> it, so. really, it felt like quite an accomplishment. Um, and I have a, my next tattoo is booked for the end of April. So I've had all kinds of happenings on since I've been what, here last. What we, what we looking at with, the, with your next tattoo? What are you getting? Is it my I'm kind of doing Yes, Mike's face. <laughs> um, Reasonable. I'm doing kind of like uh, cover-ups, really. I have some old, uh, like, Marine Corps tattoos, which I still like them, but they're they're kind of like, you know, I got them when I was a young man and wanted people to think I was tough. And, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm old now, and I have a cat and a dog and about the country <laughs> with Sarah. I'm like, ah, I don't I don't need to, these hard-ass tattoos anymore. So You don't care um, if people think you're tough anymore? Yeah, I, I really don't care. So I'm getting uh, – I've always had a deep fascination with outer space. So I'm basically just getting an outer space design half-sleeve, which is really, uh, incidentally – what the the guy that i'm going to 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 get this done basically said that was my only option considering how much black i already have on my arm if i was going to yeah, cover right, it up yeah. he's like yeah space is about all you could do dude so you <laughs> picked a good one i was like all right cool so <laughs> nice cool. i look yeah. forward to uh seeing the picture of that yeah accompanied oh. with full nude obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> see I, I was gonna say something about a dick thing but then i was like ah maybe it's too early <laughs> mm. Is it ever too early? It's kind well, of expected now. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 very exciting. I have had a, I've had the busiest week since last week. It's just been chaos. Um, work's been one of those weeks where it's been super busy. I've had some like personal stuff going on, but I did buy myself a new bottle of rum today, and that filled me with Ooh. excitement. Nice. Are you mm. drinking it now? I'm not. I'm drinking coffee now because I'm so tired. Mm. But <laughs> I'm so very tired right now. Yeah, but I did try I'm it. Just on water. <laughs> Is it good? Are you guys? Are you guys? Man, I feel like a piece of shit because it's five hours earlier over where I am. <laughs> you guys aren't drinking. 
<laughs> no, it's half past eight and both of us were up very late last night and we're both very tired now. Yeah. <laughs> both feeling it. Um and yes, so it's the Brewdog Botanical Rum. Um it's their new I think also their only rum. Um other rums are available, but it's really nice. I thoroughly enjoy it. It's very, very fruity, very sweet. It's 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 what I would class as a dangerous rum. Mm. Sounds delightful. <laughs> mm, it doesn't taste. It, it's not got that harsh kick of a spirit, hence why it's dangerous. <laughs> Just too delicious. It's gonna, it gets you it's hundred percent. It's so delicious that I it is going to ruin me. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, should we get? Should we, should we, should we? We always seem to end the how are we doing on some sort of alcohol related comment <laughs> before we go into the news like the last three or four weeks is oh we're alcoholics oh we're drinking alcohol oh alcohol let's move on just keep it going man just keep it going we're comfortable so, here. should we um should we get into the news then and uh not that there is much news this week we have literally had to scrape the barrel yeah we've gone from one week where there was so much news we had to have an extra episode to a second week where there's so little news it <laughs> literally took me about half an hour to find a single article <laughs> um jb do you want to kick us off with your news mate so i have no idea what this is yeah sure i mean and what a segue because not only is this just highly speculative but it's also like two weeks old but it's still <laughs> like uh thought it was interesting so um the other day, Man of Steel actor Henry Cavill took to Instagram and posted what appears to be a reference to a new project. The photo sees him uh, being worked on in a makeup chair on the set of The Witcher whilst checking out some sort of multi-page document with the camera having somewhat blur- blurred the words. Cavill includes the caption, secret project or just a paper with random words on it. Guess you'll have to wait and see. Happy hump day all. Um, so the punchline here is that the, the website Game Pressure have managed to use software to take away the blurring of the text and found some keywords, including Cerberus, <laughs> Cerberus, Reaper, Geth, and Talizora. They soon figured out the text was taken from the Wikipedia entry for the third game in the celebrated Mass Effect sci-fi video game series. So basically what this article is saying is there's a few different things we can take from this, either Henry Cavill is just a Mass Effect fan and was trolling the internet. Um, two could be some type of live action Mass Effect thing, which what I know has been kind of in development for several years now. Or three, that he could be lending his voice or likeness to um, the recently uh, announced new Mass Effect trilogy. So um, again, nothing really solid there, but um, it was Mass Effect related. So of course I had to bring it. <laughs> Also, if I I actually couldn't, now that I'm thinking about it, Henry would play a perfect male shepherd. Yeah, yeah, he was good. He would nail that role. Yeah, I really don't think they should. I mean, it's uh, the appeal to this series is so much involved in you know player choice, and I while I, I would be excited and I would watch it, I just I don't think. I don't think any live action adaptation of that series is going to be good. No, no. It's going to look like a poor man's Star Trek or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much that. Hopefully then it's um, the third option and it's his, his likeness and voice being used in the new game, which would also be amazing because yeah. even if he voiced Mailchimp. Yeah. He just has a great game. voice. 
I'd be down for just that. Just a great voice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anything's better than fucking Freddie Prince Jr., for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, I feel like we've, uh, we've just touched on something. Yeah. No, I, no, I, I just, something, you know, I wanted to like the James Vega character from Mass Effect 3, but I just, something about the way Freddie Prince Jr., I just wanted to, I don't know, fucking choke him till he died. I just didn't like it. I didn't like that voice performance. Well, there you have it, everyone. <laughs> I feel better, though. I feel better. JB just got that off his chest. <laughs> got, got that off that che- off his chest there. So from from one uh, speculative leak to Mike, do you want to head into your speculative leak? Uh, yeah, like you said, it was really scraping the bar. Literally looked this up five minutes before recording. Um, watched the Elden Rings trailer leak that came out maybe last week or so within this last week um it's a really bad trailer and it was meant to be for sort of business use only it even says that like in the middle of the screen and it's filmed on on someone's camera phone and like it's it's definitely genuine um but it just it just looks all right but it looks like really early development and it's kind of the reason why they've not really shown much because it doesn't look amazing because <laughs> yeah. it's not ready yeah it's just this really it's... unready game yeah it's literally the equivalent of like going into a baker's and then just showing you the uncooked dough this is what <laughs> yeah, your this is that. what your bread will look like <laughs> <laughs> all right so i have i i feel like an asshole for asking this but i feel like i should know what elden rings is and i don't what is it so it's the potential sequel to like the dark souls series and Oh wow! Um, okay. Bloodborne and uh, the other one, Sekiro, was like the gotcha. next thing, and it's also written by the Game of Thrones book writer, George George Martin. Yeah, George George Martin George R R Martin uh, working with um a company that I've now completely forgotten the name of so- yeah. from software from to uh, yeah to make their new game setting well we're not sure if it's a sequel or if it's set in the same universe or what it's going to be but it's meant to be like their bigger the bigger better version of everything they've done so far yeah. it looks very Wait. dark souls and kind of open worldish. has he finished the game of thrones books yet oh, don't no. be silly and he's, he's never that? yeah That's... he's i also i did see an article recently as well saying that he'd started something else as well he, he was involved in something else He's never finishing those books. It's just True. not happening. If George, like, if George is listening to this, mate, you're taking a piss. <laughs> he looks like he's going to die any minute. Like, that guy looks like a bucket <laughs> of diabetes. He's yeah, and, not going to finish those books. And you're not the only person to think this. There's, there is a bit of an ongoing concern amongst the Game of Thrones book like fans that he will die before he finishes those books. That they will just never be the, the series will just never end as far as the books are concerned because he will die before he finishes them. Yeah, that's a like very the, real concern. The ultimate plot twist, isn't it? Like... Uh, yeah, I mean, if, he... if I were him, that's what I would do. There's probably too much pressure to to wrap it up in a in a way that's going to satisfy everybody. I'd much yeah. rather just die and be like, hey, "Fuck you guys! Thanks for millions <laughs> of dollars." I mean, arguably, he kills off every character anyway. So him, the the ultimate ending being him dying, kind of makes <laughs> the, sense. The whole universe just collapsed. <laughs> just yeah, just 
Well, George R. R. Martin died, so that's the end of that. Um, yeah. So I managed to bring um, a new. Uh, it is a new story, but it's only really relevant if you're interested in one specific game. Um, but I wanted to talk about it because it's dumb, basically, really <laughs> dumb. So we spoke about the Avengers game quite a few times on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this and... just needs for Ryan at this point, like the one person that's still playing this <laughs> game. I don't even think Ryan's playing. I think even he's gone, <laughs> oh, no. Enough um, yeah, so it's, it's, as we know, it's in a very difficult position. It's not having the best of time, but they are working hard to try and give it that uh, No Man's Sky slash Destiny resurrection that it needs. So they recently announced the Hawkeye DLC, which I'll be honest, meh. Um, if you and... if you sort of if your game's failing, don't bring Hawkeye in. Yeah, as like the saving grace. Jesus fucking Christ! The best thing is though, it's not they've not brought in one Hawkeye; they've brought in two Hawkeyes. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the first DLC was Kate Bishop, and then they brought in the Clint Barton Hawkeye. Yeah. So they brought in two Hawkeyes as their first two DLC characters. Jesus fucking Christ! You know what they should have done? The Punisher. The Punisher would I would have bought this game if if they would have done the Punisher. I mean, basically, JB, do anyone but Hawkeye? Yeah, <laughs> literally anyone. <laughs> Squirrel girl. Anyone would have been better. You could have bought Howard the Duck in at this point and it would have been better <laughs> than Hawkeye. Um but this is so this isn't the problem. So they we know there's lots of things wrong with the game. One of the big things that's wrong with it is the end game. Um it's built for games of service. The storyline is very, it's not super short, but it's quite compact. You can get through it quite quickly. And the focus is meant to be around the end game and getting your characters up to the end game uh, level so they can take on the, the biggest and baddest, hardest missions. The problem with the Avengers Endgame, though, is it's trash. Um, it's boring and it breaks all the time. There's loads of glitches and it's just not very rewarding or interesting to play. So to fix this, or at least to start fixing this, they have released the first part of how they're going to um, make it better, which is by making it worse. <laughs> they are basically Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. So for the for the the PS5 launch, which is this month, um, it's getting all of its PS5 upgrades as alongside the Hawkeye DLC, but they're changing the end game xp at the moment it's a flat line or it's a diagonal line that goes up so you just basically it's really easy to level up super easy there's no curve with how it's supposed to curve so every level you go up it takes more xp to get to the next level for some reason they didn't do that when they first made the game they just said yeah we'll just make it so it's like 100 xp for every single level irrelevant of how high up you are um so for whatever reason, they've never implemented this to start with, but they've now implemented a curve, meaning that the shitty endgame stuff they have, you now have to play more of <laughs> to get your character to a higher level. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. They, the grind, basically. They literally have made it grindier, um, and they've changed the reward system so that... And this is a good move. You're getting less rewards now, but the rewards mean something. 
but that still doesn't change the process of getting the rewards is still a really boring grindy process mm. so that they, they it's literally like somebody has um like they've spilled something all over the floor and then somebody's turned up with a feather duster to clean the sides they're just <laughs> they're fixing the wrong problem <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense yeah, so yeah Squirrel girl. Yeah. They should have gone with Squirrel Girl. And <laughs> also, like, the fact that they never implemented a XP curve to start with just boggles my Why would you not start with that, surely? But is that not just standard now? Yeah. Pro- I mean, yeah. Whatever. That, yeah. Game's, <laughs> that game's fucked, isn't it? So. <laughs> it really is. I, I still have, have hopes for this game. I knew leading up to it not to buy it, and it sounds like that was the smart move but i still i don't know i'm hoping that in a year's time it's going to be it's going to be yeah i hope that i hope that it has that destiny turnaround Mm -hmm. yeah um but it's got a long way to go yeah yeah and it could is definitely more the uh the exception than the rule but we have seen it happen before so well and obviously this was going to say in the last few years we've seen it both go both go both ways you could have it go the destiny route and turn itself around, or you can see it go in the Anthem route, spend shitloads of time and money on it just for it then to go in the bin. Yeah. So that, we'll have we'll have to wait and see. RIP Anthem. But I know you guys already talked about that one, but yeah, <laughs> that one was that was disappointing. Very disappointing. But yeah, that's the that's pretty much the news this week. Um, yeah. So to sorry. everyone listening, sorry. sorry <laughs> <laughs> sort of that disappointing slightly depressing pile of news that we just had but um <laughs> moving on to more exciting things then let's talk about what we've been playing because we've got a lot more to talk about there yeah and sure. i'm really interested to hear jb's views on this because i have never played this game so jb do you want to kick us off yeah sure so i um like i had mentioned earlier i finished persona 5 royal and it was uh one of one of if not the best games i've ever played i I still don't know where it stacks i'm still kind of digesting it but a really awesome experience and i um i i wanted to just kind of go right into the backlog uh so i ended up downloading borderlands 3 because i had wanted to play it and i was playing it for a little bit but i just kept talking to sarah about how great persona 5 was (laughs) <laughs> and she was like, listen, man, if you're riding this high right now, because my plan was I was going to do Borderlands 3, and then I was going to play Persona 4 Golden, because I had, you know, I loved Persona 5 so much, I was like, yeah, I got to do this. And she's like, listen, man, if you're riding that high, just just go download it right now, and just start. And as soon as I did uh, Borderlands 3, <laughs> I haven't touched it since. <laughs> and it's it's awesome, man. It's, it's really very similar formula to... Um, to five it definitely you know the, the the look of it does feel a bit dated but the writing uh and story is certainly on par with persona 5 and the gameplay itself the, the, the mechanics and the way it all works is isn't really that far behind um five which is impressive considering just how old this game is obviously the one of the main draws for Persona 5 is just how beautiful and gorgeous and stylish it is. And you do lose some of that just because this game is a little bit older. But honestly, it it didn't take long to get used to that once I got into it because the story and the writing, it's so it's so good and it's so charming and it just just 
gets its hooks in you and just rips you down into this obsessive path where it's all you want to do in your free time. And so that's kind of where I am. All, all that, all that Persona Five enthusiasm that I had, I have it back again with a whole new game, and I am like forty-seven hours in, and I'm just excited because I know it's probably going to take me another hundred fifty hours to get through it. Um, nice. Yeah, and it's it's tough. It's definitely tougher than um, five. And again, Sarah has so much background with this series, so she's been she's been able to tell me, you know, the genesis of the gameplay from three to to uh, four vanilla versus four golden versus five vanilla versus five royal. Um, and so it seems like five royal is definitely the easiest of of the entries so far. And so there was a little bit of a learning curve to go to four, but thankfully it was four golden. So they still had some of those easier elements. But I think the toughest thing was going from a level like, you know, 87 Joker down to a level one, whatever this guy's name, you, I think his name is. Um, because all my really cool abilities I had at the end of five, I don't have now. And so I'm still trying to kind of you get the joys of getting them all again. Exactly. And that's part of the fun. It's like getting wrapped up in a game um, uh, because grinding can, I mean, that's why you call it a grind. It it, it can be kind of a grind and sometimes it really sucks, but I love it when you get into a game and you're so invested in the story that you, you know, like the grinding becomes exciting because you're like, Oh, I got to get to this level so I can go do this thing just because, you know, again, it got its, its hooks in you. So all that said, that was a lot of words. I'm enjoying it so far, if you couldn't tell. So Good. Is, what, is, what is um, Persona 4 and 5, like, related? Is there any, like, lore that connects it to, or is it, is it just completely separate? So I believe, um, and Sh- Shane, you actually might be able to be better suited to answer this question, because I think you have more experience with the series than I do. But from what Sarah has told me, there are some... There, there is a connection. Uh, apparently, the, these these games exist within the same universe, but really, as far as any carryover from three to four to five or whatever, is really just more like fan service Easter egg. Things. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like you can get, um, like in apparently in Persona Five, you can get uh, Rise's poster, who's a pop star in Persona Four, which I didn't fucking know that when I played Persona. <laughs> 5. I didn't care. I care now. So when I do Persona Five, my second playthrough. Obviously, I'm getting that resave poster, but um, so like little things like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've never actually played any others, but that's how I understand it: is that they're the same universe, and because of the way that the personas work, in that they're like in a separate, like mini reality alongside our reality, that they can kind of do it in the same universe without people ever knowing that it happened. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy for them to have them yeah. all in the same universe. Um, yeah. How how old is it? What what console? Because I know that Persona Five was originally developed for the PlayStation Three. Where yeah, are we so talking? This was uh, so Persona Four was a PlayStation Two um, game, and then Persona Four Golden, I think, was uh, only available on the PlayStation Vita and uh, Steam. So. I'm playing it on PC, or yeah, I'm sorry, not 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 Steam, PC. I mean, talk about minimizing your audience there, the Vita <laughs> and Steam. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's really strange, especially considering this series, you know, or Atlas's relationship with 
uh, Sony. I don't understand why Persona 4 Golden is not on the you know like PlayStation Store. That seems really strange to me. I think it did come to the PS3 at some point. I'm sure. I'm Again, sure. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I all I I just asked Sarah. I was like, listen, I would like to play this, but I'd like to play it on the couch so I can cuddle, you know, Yoshi and Mona, our dog and cat. So I was like, can you just I don't know, can you put my computer on the TV? And she was like, yes, <laughs> you old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I asked. Yes, you <laughs> old fuck. Can you put my computer on the TV? And she's like, yeah. So she uh, hooked up my <laughs> uh, my pro controller from my Nintendo Switch to the PC, and now I just pretend like I'm basically playing on the ps4 <laughs> amazing also um i feel like your persona 5 love what what i'm hearing from you coming out of the back of persona 5 is exactly how i felt when i played because i played the original one before boil mm-hmm. um how i felt coming off the back and literally as soon as that game finished that week after all i could think about was that i wish i could just delete the last month of my life and do it all again yeah <laughs> that's all i could think about for like a solid week was i just i just if i could just delete this entire game from my my brain and just mm-hmm. start from the beginning that would be ideal yeah and honestly that's what that was so great about i'm so glad that sarah gave me that nudge she's like listen man just go like don't wait you're riding like you're riding that wave go download persona 4 gold right now start playing it right now and i'm so <laughs> glad that i did such nice. gratitude to have because i struggle to like jump in from game to game um so like yeah someone saying to you like just go and play it and do it like i think that's the uh i think we all need that yeah it was a good it was a good <laughs> kick in the pants definitely yeah definitely do um no nice jb uh so i'm mike shall i cover mine because you've got quite a big review to go haven't you um mine's like a yeah. little mini touch on I mean, it's yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Well, I mean, bounce off the back of the the JRPG element as well, because uh, I've also been playing a JRPG this week. I'm so Bla- bravely default two came out sometime in the last two week or two, um. So I got that on rental on day one, and I've been playing it since, and it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. So. This is a series I've just completely slept on. I don't know anything about this whatsoever. So it's it is it's your very standard JRPG stylings. Uh, it follows a storyline based around like elemental crystals that help control the world. You've got like your water crystal, your earth crystal. Um, it's a big thing within a lot of JRPGs is like elemental crystals, um, and you you're following a a group that are trying to secure and make sure that these crystals are not don't fall into the hands of evil people essentially long story short um pretty standard but, yeah pretty standard <laughs> jrpg sort of storyline but i'm sure there's going to be some twists and turns as the game goes on um the start, thing that does start, start of the game you're killing rats end of the game you're killing god yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> um the thing that that um Bravely Default does really well is it's it's firstly it's just stunning. It's a stunning game. The all of the background art is like this really beautiful, like hand almost hand drawn looking artwork. Mm. Um, it does make the characters look a bit weird because the characters aren't of that same animated style. They're animated differently, 
and it makes them stand out in a way that makes them almost look a bit yeah. cartoony. But it doesn't take away from the game, in my opinion. Um, the what does though <laughs> is the voice acting, which is what can only be described as fucking hilarious. <laughs> None of it fits. Like it's it's super super stereotyped or super exaggerated to the point that it is just hilarious. There's a character you meet very because I've only played. I think I played nine hours, but I've probably done a solid like three hours of just grinding and training. So I've only played a few hours of the, the actual story. And there's a character you meet quite early on that, no word of a lie, looks like Johnny Bravo, but in knight's armor. <laughs> and he genuinely speaks like he's like, all right, come here then, geezer. Come on, I'll sort you out. And I was like, what the fuck is happening in this game? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Um, but there's, I mean, the, a lot of the mechanics work really well. Some of the stuff they've done with the mechanics are really pleasing. So the, you can speed up and slow down the battle time using the plus and minus buttons on the um, Switch controllers. So if, you're, if you are doing just leveling, for example, and you're in an area where you know that actually you don't necessarily need to focus too much on how you're fighting, you can turn it up to like four times speed mm. and then just plow through battles really, really quickly. I think That's every, every RPG needs that, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just so useful. And the other thing they have is because they've got that speed thing in there, they, they have another element. So part of the gameplay in this is you have a move called Brave, or, or is it called Bravely? But basically you have an ability where you can borrow move from uh, up to four times. So you can go into a battle, you press the ZR button and your character can stack four moves in a row and then you can hit them with four attacks in a row but then your character has to sit there and get through four enemy turns before it can attack again. Mm. So it's like a, a little extra tactical element they've added. But again, if you're in an area where you're training and you know that you're more powerful than everything there, you can. what I tend to do is just stack all of them up to maximum hit them with like 16 attacks kill everything move on but the way they've done it is you can literally press a button one button to repeat previous moves and that includes all of the stacking so all i have to do is press y and then it will just do four attacks y four attacks y four attacks so when, again when you're grinding it just makes the whole grinding process yeah. so much simpler and so much easier that sounds um, like a really, really intuitive design that they did for, for that exact purpose. That's really smart. Yeah, it's really smart. And it, it just makes the whole thing, it just doesn't feel so energy draining knowing that I can yeah. just spend, I can do like eight, eight or nine battles in 20 minutes if I'm in an area that I'm comfortable in. Um, which is the other reason that's quite important is because it uses like a, uh, an old school job system. So you have different outfits or di and th that are linked to different jobs and those jobs dictate what moves you're able to do. So you, like the ones I've start off with are like freelance, which is just your generalized job, uh, white mage, black mage, uh, vanguard, and a monk are like some of the starter ones. Yeah. And as you level, as well as leveling up your character, you have to level up the job to unlock more job moves all of the jobs hit a maximum of 12 
like level 12 and then that's when you unlock their specialty but you can have a main job and a sub job so you you can then start to it gives you a lot of like ability to then build your own character so you could have a white mage that has black mage abilities for example or you can have a like a hard hitting really powerful uh like attacker that doesn't use any magic abilities but then has their secondary as a white mage so they could be a backup healer for when you need them so you can really change it up and like move it around how you want but to do that you need to level up the jobs which is there that's where the grinding comes in because obviously you don't necessarily want to level up your jobs against powerful enemies yeah so but it, I, as i say I'm, I'm not far for it this isn't really a full review um but i'm enjoying it so far and uh in a couple of weeks i'll give a final verdict on it once i've managed to play all the way through it but so far it is doing really really well and next week i think i'm going to do the same sort of like early base touches but on yakuza because i've just started that as well shane did you say um that you had played the first one bravely default yes and how does it how does it compare uh it's so it's very similar but you can tell it is basically that like a refined version they've not massively changed it up but they've definitely refined everything to make it flow better and play better i really struggled with the first one um because the difficulty curve was quite tough in places but i enjoyed it um this one it feels like the difficulty curve has been not made easier but it's definitely been set at a level where it's easier to understand early on so that you Mm -hmm. can build up better um but yeah it just feels like a much more refined they've taken all the good parts of the first game and just really refined it and then the second game which was bravely second just because they want to confuse things (laughs) (laughs) there was they introduced a lot of like really good features in that that bravely default one didn't have and then this is a definitely like a combination of the two they've taken all the good bits from one and all the good bits from bravely second and then created this which is so far in my opinion out of all the ones i've played the best in the series nice and um i was trying to follow along when you were talking about the different outfits but i got a little lost Mm. in the week it sounds like a really cool game but it also sounds like it's it's kind of complicated what do are you taking individual outfits out and then grinding with them yeah, so you have, well, it's not outfits, it's jobs, but the job you have on dictates what outfit you're wearing. Gotcha. So you have a team of four. Um, each one gets a main job and a sub job. So my team is currently set up as like, I've got, say, like a Vanguard who's like a heavy hitter and can take a lot of pain as his main job. And then his secondary job will be like a white mage. Um, and then you're kind of working down you can have them all set up and as they level up those jobs they access more ability so for for the mage for example they'll start off with cure but by the time they get to sort of like 10 levels 10 and 11 in that job they'll have like cure Aga, and they'll be able to heal much better mm-hmm. um but once you've maxed out not necessarily maxed out a job but once you've got a job to a level as your main job you can then set it as your sub job and have access to all of the abilities that it is at its level. Does that make sense? So you could have a level 12 Vanguard with a level 12 sub job of white mage and have all of the white mage abilities um, at your fingertips, as well as all of the 
uh, damage dealing abilities of your main job. So it just oh, it just gives cool. you a lot more freedom to kind of build the characters the way you want to. Yeah, it yeah. sounds quite fluid and <laughs> interchangeable, and, and, and it's and like it's, fucking geeky and awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really simple in the way they've done it. Like it's not, it's not you haven't got to be like some sort of spreadsheet whiz to understand it. <laughs> but it um, doesn't hurt. <laughs> I mean, it never hurts. <laughs> uh, but no, it is really simple, and a lot you get a lot of passive ability. So your passive abilities sit on you no matter what job you've got. Yeah. Um. So so one of the passive abilities, for example, is the white mage, because obviously they're uh they're more of a so the white mage and the black mage both get different passive abilities that are the same thing. One's called solar powered, and one's called lunar powered, and it basically means that when they're fighting at day or night, uh, for every turn they get some MP back. So black mages get MP back overnight and white mages get MP back during the day. Um, but you can... So if you had a... If you maxed out a black mage and maxed out a white mage and put both of those abilities on, you could have a black black and white mage that throughout the entirety of the day and the night consistently got MP back for every single turn because they were both solar-powered and lunar-powered. That makes sense? Yeah. Oh, that sounds so satisfying. <laughs> Super that I mean that is one I'm working on at the moment is a yeah. a really powerful white and black mage. <laughs> but yeah, that is it is satisfying. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's um that's Bravery Default too. So I'm looking forward to sharing some more info with that once I get a little bit more into it. But um I've talked for ages, so Mike, <laughs> hit us with what you've got. Um... It's only meant to be a short one. <laughs> <laughs> That was my fault. I, I asked follow-up questions. No, it's absolutely fine, Jamie. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. I jumped back into that because it's just, it's just like my comfort game at this point. Um, so it just, just lent perfectly with like my gaming habits where I'll just sit and watch TV, but I'll also be playing games at the same time. And it's just that perfect sort of chill game where you can just kind of explore and roam around and... Um, you know, try and find like other little secrets in that game. Um, but I've been playing Breath of the Wild just because no other game has really like um caught me caught my attention. And then I heard about Curse of the Dead Gods, which is a sort of mix between Darkest Dungeon and Hades with like a little bit of Dark Souls. Um, so it's essentially just a roguelike. Um, where you you do of... love the roguelike. I do, I do. I'm not very good at them, but I play them a lot. Um, and this one's kind of got its its, its teeth into me. Um, so it's essentially plays this guy and you just enter a cave. That's that's all the story you're given, and that's kind of one of the downs. Down the the only downside of this so far has been that there's no real story to to keep you going. But there are. Like... I'm getting days up. I'm getting deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> getting deja vu too. Was it was it an episode of Sarah where she was telling us about a game where you have to leave a cave? <laughs> oh my god, that's right. I'm sure there was an episode where she was like, Yeah, there's no story. You just start in a cave and the first thing you have to do is figure out how to get out of this cave. <laughs> but anyway, oh. I, I'm I'm getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so so it's it's sort of like 
a little bit of Dark Souls because you have this like stamina management element to it. We will get sort of like little blocks of um, stamina. So you'll have like five points of stamina. So that equates to like either, you know, a secondary attack or um, a dodge roll or like a a finishing move of like a, a primary combo. So you'll, you'll, you know, you'll mash X or whatever it is. And hit him a few times, but when you do like a, a third hit on that combo, it'll take us a bit of stamina off you. Or every time you dodge or parry, it takes um some stamina. So there's um some real like uh, what's the word? Um, you know, there's some every real one weight, of those... weight to the combat. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> yeah. So I was just gonna say, is every move that takes stamina a one bar move, or are there certain moves that take away like two or three bars of stamina at once? No. So um, it depends on what weapon you're using, because you get. Um, a different variety of weapons um so you have like a basic sword or a mace or um, you'll have a dagger which is a lot lighter and you can do a lot more attacks or you'll have a bow that every time you fire a shot it's it's a piece of stamina or you'll have like a big hammer which uses two bits of stamina but it does a lot of damage um, yeah that makes sense so every sort of attack that you do has to be kind of calculated and you have to really manage your stamina because you want to get sort of five attacks or five moves, um, and it's but it's not turn based, which is what it sounds like. Um, but it's you know it's a sort of a top down, almost um, Diablo esque style. And we sort of okay. dungeon crawling, and um, as you're going through the dungeons, you can't really turn back once you've exited a room. The door will close behind you, so you're kind of stuck with your choices. There's no real way of going back on yourself. Mm. Which the the one thing about this game is, as you progress, you don't actually get better. I mean, you can get improvements and upgrades to your weapons and things, but um, if you take damage or you you exit a room or exit a dungeon uh, into the next area, you'll take what I call like corruption points. And then once you hit 100 corruption points, you'll earn a curse or you'll get a curse, which is a negative effect. So the deeper you delve into this, like the more negative you have uh, to deal with. Um, so it's a lot like Darkest Dungeon in the way that you, you can keep going and going and going, but you'll take a lot of negative um, with it and it'll become harder the more you progress sort of thing. So... Oh, so stressful but yeah. in the best possible way <laughs> yeah so these curses are they like what's what type of are these like status effects do they bring your stats down what sort of curses are they what are the negative effects like rough idea um so yeah it's, it's basically a lot of negative effects sort of um you'll take more damage in the dark because um so lighting plays like a crucial part in the game so you will take more corruption damage and corruption points in the dark, or you'll um, uh, sorry, um, but yeah, you'll you'll take more damage in the dark and things like that, and um, yeah, the closest comparison would be to Hades, um, in the way that it sort of lacks that story element as well, can sort of drag you through. That was one of the the issues that I had 
was like there doesn't seem to be any kind of reason to be there um yeah so it's just it's 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 good like the gameplay is great and it's it's really sort of got me on the gameplay element but there's there's no story so it's it's sort of yeah it's it's not quite amazing as as many people sort of hitting it with like it's got a 9 out of 10 on steam and 82% on metacritic um does it does it feel like one of those games where they've sat down and built like this the, the built all the mechanics and the gameplay and then gone yeah shit we should probably uh make this into a story so it's it's got some sort of flow to it i think as so, opposed yeah, to yeah. writing the story and then <laughs> building the game around that story it seems that way yeah yeah well i mean so that... i i sorry go on i have two questions and the first one's just kind of weird but it's it's just out of my own curiosity so when you're playing your switch but you also have the tv on in the background how how are you handling audio are you having like the, the tv is just like the audio from the tv show or whatever's coming up from the tv speakers and then you have like one headphone plugged in from your switch um depends on the game like with with zelda i'll just sort of have it uh, the game muted um or on very low and then i'll just be concentrating more on um on you know on the TV show which I've been I've been watching mm-hmm. twenty four at the minute which doesn't take a lot of concentration. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Basically every episode somebody's sweating. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Someone's sweating. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Uh, and, yeah. I guess the other question I had is just because I know how much you love games with a really gripping story. Do you mm. feel like? this current thing where you're more into a a thing where you're like just fucking around on your switch while watching a tv show do you feel like this is a phase or do you feel like this is more what type of thing you're gravitating towards yeah i mean it's it's something that i i do quite often and i'll i'll, I'll sort of sit there looking at my game i'd be like i really want to play something but i'm just because me and ellie have our tvs like next to each other um usually i have headphones on um, if I'm really into the game, story wise, but there's been nothing really to grab me. Wait, that's um, so great! You want to l- look look for insight into how to make a relationship work? Everybody, like each person has their own TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. You watch what you watch. I watch what I watch. Yeah, we can sit here together. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how we work, <laughs> and it works, man. It so, works. <laughs> I can just see the uh, the blog on it now. How to make a relationship work. Don't fucking share anything. Get you out of here. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Mike. Um, but yeah, so I'll just, I'll just. Um, this is this game has been kind of like that toilet game where you'll just take the switch to the toilet and like play for a few minutes and then you'll, you'll come back and do whatever. But um... Get them hemorrhoids level up a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so what? Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, what are you scoring it? Because you mentioned about so it's got some good scores. Are you scoring it similarly? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say it's around 8 out of 10, but... Pretty solid. Yeah, very solid. Yeah, like the gameplay is great, and it's a lot of fun. Um, Although it is stressful, but it is very satisfying when you do like kill a boss. So far, I've killed two. There's a boss in each sort of dungeon that you go to. But yeah, it's 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 satisfying. It really is. 
um, especially when you start doing like a lot of damage and you get some decent upgrades and stuff. Like it, um, it's satisfying, but it does it lacks that story for me, and that's super important um, for me to really, yeah. really love a game. Yeah, some sometimes the game if the gameplay itself is satisfying enough, um, you can you can sometimes just like forego or at least forgive the lack of story. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what I'm doing with my score of like eight out of ten. Um, well, just, prime I'm... example is Tetris. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One of the most satisfying games ever made. Yeah, that has no story. <laughs> well, I'm sure it does have a story. Just no one knows it. Um, but yeah, that's about it. That's my review. Like, I'm not, I'm not super deep into it yet. Um, but I've, I've played enough. I've, <laughs> I've played enough to, um, to give it the score that I've given it anyway. But yeah, that that was me this week. A well, there we go. Of, a lot of TV, <laughs> very little games, but but yeah. Well, there we go. For everyone listening, you've you've got three new reviews this week three games we've never spoken about before you're welcome world which is yeah oh. that's that's rare for us not, not even a mention of skyrim damn it <laughs> you had to ruin Remind. it had to ruin it i'm surprised you didn't write it in the next topic to be fair <laughs> i was half expecting it the topic of reboots um, yeah so yeah, moving on to our, our third topic then, our, our final topic of this week. So we're talking reboots. Um, so we're going to, as per usual, we'll do the, the normal round robin, go around and, and discuss a reboot each. I think we've got a, we've got around three each to go through, plus some honourable mentions. Um, so yeah, what what game or game series or franchise do you guys think needs a reboot? How and why? So, JB, hit us with your first one. Hit us with your best shot. <laughs> All right, so my first one, I had actually mentioned this game a, a few guest episodes ago. It was called Colony Wars, and this is for the original PlayStation. Um, it was a space combat <laughs> simulator, and it wasn't that really different or original from other space combat simulators of the time like wing commander as far as the gameplay goes but the thing about it 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 was really cool because it was you know obviously an older game being on the original playstation um and kind of the concept of it was there was the um the league which is what you were in and the navy which represented earth and you were still a human but basically you represented colony interests and the navy represented earth's interest so it had a very um i guess the easiest comparison will be empire versus the rebel alliance type of thing but earth was the empire and so you were kind of like a terrorist but in spaceships so it was okay um but it was really cool because in the first game you were like i said you were you were in the league so you were kind of the rebels and you know you you beat the navy out of this particular sector and then in the second game i'm going to give some spoilers away here but the game's like 100 years old so get over it um in the second game you Reasonable. were <laughs> you were in the the navy so you were in the bad guys from the first game now you're in their perspective which i, I thought you know 
at the time, if you think about just the way they kind of build it, that was kind of that, that's a cool element, I guess. It's not it's not crazy to think about in today's terms, but whenever this game came out, like I said, a hundred years ago, it's kind of cool that they changed perspectives over to the next sequel. And then the really interesting thing was you get about forty percent through Colony Wars two, and all of a sudden this alien race shows up that has been attracted to your location because of all the warring that's been happening between the Navy and the League. And then all of a sudden the Navy and the League halfway through this game have to team up to take out this alien threat. And I mean, as like I said, you know, it was an older game. And so just the it doesn't seem like that crazy of a twist now. But back when I was fucking 13 or 14, I was like, wait a minute, there are fucking aliens now. Like now we're teaming up. I don't know. I just it seemed like a big gamble. And the fact that they built this world over a, a series of entries, I feel like those kinds of um investments in the story i think if they applied that kind of chutzpah as far as their writing is concerned to current generation technology um i i think that this could be a really really good series um i i think vr capability would be cool but i don't think vr exclusive is a good idea just yet um and i would like more of an ability to interact with crew members kind of like out of a cockpit area and one of the things that's been really disruptive i've been trying to get back into star wars squadrons i still don't have a vr headset but one of the things that i feel like is just really awkward and stilted and weird is that in between the oh missions, awful isn't it <laughs> yeah you're it's it's so clearly optimized for vr that if you're not in vr it's super fucking weird and stilted and just it's just really awkward and so i would rather have something that like hey if you're in the cockpit if you want to be in vr that's cool but in the meantime if you want to get to know your crew members here's the third person perspective where anybody regardless of what system you have can walk around and you know get to know each other i don't fucking know but i do think that that it, this particular series uh would be good for a reboot i know a lot of people don't know about it but it would be a good one i mean what i just heard is that the Last of Us copied Colony Wars um, <laughs> with its switching perspectives. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Holy shit. Just keep it quiet the whole time. <laughs> oh my god, I was Abby that whole time and then all of a sudden aliens showed up and Ellie and I were like, what are we going to do about this now? Oh my god, yeah, wow. Take that, naughty dog. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I haven't got made much to say on Colony Wars because um I've never heard of it or played it, so yeah, most people haven't. But for me, it was uh, you know when people talk about like you know their their favorite entries on different versions of consoles, you know everybody has their favorites on PlayStation Two, Three, etc. But yeah, for play the original PlayStation Colony Wars is is up there for me. But a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't know what that is, <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> It's something I've always heard of, but I feel like I've seen it in like, you know, like flicking through a cheat book or something. I'm like, I've seen the title and be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. check that out, but I never have. So, yeah, it's cool to hear you on it. Yeah, I loved um, what got me into it was because I loved the the um, Wing Commander on uh, Super Nintendo or SNES, as you guys like to call <laughs> it. But Wing Commander was kind of my entry into space combat and like space combat simulators and then also i don't know if you guys ever played the super star wars games for um also snes but they had some really cool um like the later levels 
Um, oh, they had a, you, like some space light stuff, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Most of it was just kind of like a side scroller shooter where you were either Luke, Chewbacca, or Han. Yeah, um, yeah. But then, yeah, towards the end, there were always those those you know like the Death Star run or whatever in the in the um the X wings, and so yeah, yeah. that's kind of what got me into that. And then Wing Commander, I was like, wait, there's a whole game that's just space shit. That's fucking cool. And um, <laughs> that's why when Colony Wars came out, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> wow, Mike, what are you following that up with? Um, Soul Reaver, bring that shit back. That's that game is so fucking good back in its day. This, like, I can't remember this game. Like, I remember the name and I can picture the cover. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember any of the game. So it's all it's all steeped in like a vampire, like lords. This this whole world of like vampires, um, and this legacy of Cain as well, which is also related. He's the dick that pulls your wings off because he's a jealous little bitch right <laughs> at the start. Um, but it's this sort of Metroidvania style game. In this sort of explorable world, kind of like how Dark Souls is, where you'll sort of get to a certain area and then unlock another area. Um, but yeah, I think the potential for like a reboot of this and to bring this back is huge. It was so so popular at the time, and um, I just remember playing it as a kid, and you could um, sort of grab all weapons off enemies that, that you know they drop like spears or something. And you could like fight them with it, or you could like throw them and like impale them as well. Like we don't have enough impaling, in my opinion, in video games. <laughs> Bring back impaling. <laughs> yeah. Bring back vampires and impaling. You know, it's cool though to hear you talk about this because I remember um I think it was the god final fight for the Super Nintendo, like that that um the first time you or actually, no, Double Dragon for the original Nintendo. Whenever you, like, the, the people that walked around with a whip and then you punched them a couple times and then they would drop the whip and you're like, yeah, oh my yeah. god, I can pick up their whip. There's something that's so <laughs> fucking cool about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, it had all these, like, different weapon types and stuff like that. And you had all these cool abilities because you were um, literally a zombie, ca- uh, not a zombie, a vampire, like, thrown into this whirling vortex of like kill you the fuck up um and you, and you <laughs> died but you got like revived by this you know this other being as as basically as like his servant to like reeve souls for him and like take souls but you kind of get revenge on all the vampire lords and then you there was also this cool mechanic of um switching between sort of the ethereal world like the spirit world and then like the, the reality and i think I remember um, that. Yeah, that I think that modern day graphics like would just be insane. It'd be so cool. But yeah, that that's me. Just bring Soul Reaver back. If you don't know what Soul Reaver is, go find it, play it. You know what's funny is I have Shane's exact. So I'm actually. It was really interesting to hear you talk about this because I also know this game by its cover, <laughs> yeah. but I never, I never played it. Yeah, he's got that cool like wraparound scar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like I played it once, and I I vividly remember the whole thing where you can change from like the two planes or dimensions or whatever it was yeah. they referred to it as, but I can't remember any other part of the game. Yeah, I mean, it was, I also there was a lot of like platforming and very Tomb Raider style, of like climbing around and things like that and, and platforming. 
Um, but yeah, there was a load of combat as well, and the combat was quite hard, similar to Dark Souls. So just mix that all together, give me more vampires. I also note that you've made a note in the notes. Uh, vampires need to make a comeback, which I 100% agree with. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I feel like we've been stuck on zombies for a long time now. Like vampires and those sort of things were like really big for ages, and then it went to zombies. And I feel like we've been stuck on zombies for like 10 years. The zombies have been the, the go-to uh, monster for games for a while now. It's been too long. It has been <laughs> <Yeah>. too long. <laughs> One of the uh, the interesting things uh, hearing you talk about this, Mike, was that this mechanic in Soul Reaver, which is obviously a very old game, going back and forth in between the, the uh, worlds, there was this... Um, this one game, which I, I still, uh, I'm still trying to get my PS5, uh, but I'm again, I'm not going to bend over backwards. I'm just going to yeah. wait till it's easily available. Because come on, Sony, like this is ridiculous. We all want it. <laughs> like sort your shit out. Enough, yeah. Make make the shit so that I don't have to. Like I'm not trying to beat bots on the internet. I just want to go to a retail store and be like, oh, cool, they have it. Let's buy it. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I'm still, but I'm still kind of on the offense about an xbox but there is this game coming out uh which is an xbox exclusive called the medium it's a horror game and yes one of the yeah, really yeah. cool elements is talking about going back and forth between you know the real world and then this like ghost world or something yeah. um and i remember thinking like oh that sounds like a really innovative idea and here you are talking about yeah, the whole yeah. game and like yeah. it just goes to show you man you can miss so many different things and sleep on so many different things just because there's so many fucking games to play oh so many yeah but that that medium so reminds me of um constantine the movie if you ever saw that yeah yes. yes yeah which that was a great fucking movie it really was yeah i'm kind of hoping that this this new interest where like everybody just loves keanu reeves maybe maybe they'll be like hey we should probably make another Constantine. yeah no that Ooh. probably not i don't think it was keanu reeves that that is the reason they're holding back that film. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's probably other thing. It's not the case that they've gone to Keanu Reeves and he's gone, nah, I don't really want to do it. I feel like there's probably some sort of writing clashes or companies not wanting to pay for it sort of thing in the background. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but he was great. He was great in the in, He yeah, was in that movie. Yeah. That was not a bad movie. I don't feel it like Keanu Reeves is a particularly good actor, but he's just good in all of his films isn't he like yeah yeah he, he's neither good nor bad he just exists <laughs> but when he's in a film that suits his style he's really good in his specific style yeah mm -hmm. i think that's it yeah um yeah so, um, hold on one second my dog is about to no but <laughs> right um <Molly. laughs> go going back to sort of what JB was saying about a game that would benefit from today's technology and this one is just an absolute no-brainer for me and I feel like I've mentioned it before on a previous episode time crisis oh man VR <laughs> why is this not a thing it definitely should be such a good pick it just such a good pick it's such a perfect title to reboot right now you've got like six or seven different VR headsets multiple different like vr gun controllers now is the time to bring back time crisis bring it back new graphics new storyline 
even bring back the co-op mode because that was the best. There was a storyline. <laughs> yeah, there's a massive storyline. The thing, to, well, to be fair, Time Crisis is still going, but only in arcades. I think they're on Time Crisis six or seven now. Yeah, because um, me and Max have went and played it like two years ago. Uh, we went down to uh, somewhere, Brighton for the day and just play time yeah. crisis all day because you know that's what you do when uh <laughs> when you want to drive like 50 miles away just to play time crisis on the beach when you're an adult and you can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> exactly uh but bring it back to home consoles it's been gone too long i mean when was the, l- the last time crisis game was playstation 2 and that was time crisis 3 we haven't had a time crisis since the playstation 2 what the fuck is going on bring back time crisis yeah. in vr uh, it's a no-brainer uh, there's not much to say on it. Just do it. Just make Time, it happen. Time Crisis is one of really the first, first PS1 games I ever played as well. Like, it's also one of the greatest PS1 games you ever played. It still holds <laughs> up now. <laughs> it's, I literally have two G-Cons strapped to my wall in the spare room <laughs> because I still like playing the original Time Crisis games now. <laughs> we went out and bought an old school TV just so I could play them. Got a PS2 set up with two G-Con control, uh, two G-Con guns, a G-Con 2 and a G-Con 1. And they are in gun holsters that I've built and screwed to the wall. So wow. I've got a proper like homemade arcade system set up in my office. That's how much I love Time Crisis. And they just need to just do it. It doesn't make sense that it hasn't already happened. <laughs> Why are they sitting on this? I don't understand. <laughs> but yeah that's i mean as i say there's not much to say on it time crisis do it vr it'll be the best agreed you heard it I, just love, I love the outfits they pick for the protagonists of those games oh With definitely the... bring back the co-op mode where one of you's all dressed in red and one of you's all dressed in blue and then you're chasing <laughs> around a guy who looks like a cross between james bond and a vampire <laughs> <laughs> Like, look like we got to shoot these missiles out of the air with our pistols. Oh, well. <laughs> when it's like you're, you're about to fight a tank and it's like, well, if you shoot that tiny spot there, we'll be able to blow this tank up. <laughs> oh, you know, I really love funny is a um, it's very humbling to because I've played Time Crisis in the arcades several times with uh, Sarah. Obviously, this is, you know, pre-COVID and I have all of this. um you know, Marine Corps training as far as like, you know, marksmanship and things like that. And dude, <laughs> she beats the shit out of me in time crisis every single time. I always die before she does. And then any of those like cool moments where you have, you know, that seven second window to get as many of the shots as you possibly can. Yeah, she she just whoops my ass every time. It sucks. <laughs> it's kind of awesome at the same time. Just to know that she can yeah. protect you if anything went down. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> if anything goes down in the future that involves light guns, you're all good. <laughs> I'll I'll throw her a pistol and a hat that she can put on slightly askew to the side so that she looks super cool. <laughs> yes. And on that note, what is your second pick, JB? <laughs> uh, second pick is Twisted Metal. Um, I don't know if what you guys... Game. Yeah, so mm. good, right? Um, so I'm I'm very well versed in Twisted Metal Two. I played a little bit of Twisted Metal One and a little bit of Twisted Metal Three. Didn't like those as much, but I just I know that there have been other entries, and some of them have worked pretty well. I think Twisted Metal Black for PS2 was probably the last good 
Twisted Metal game. I think um, Black is the only one I've played, Twisted Metal Black. Oh, uh, well, you know, what well, I would recommend, you know, you can get the original PlayStation Twisted Metal 2 on the, the PlayStation Store. I think it's, you know, like three three quid, as you guys would call it or whatever. But, um, <laughs> and it would take a while to get used to the controls, but once you got used to them, the, that Twisted Metal 2 was the apex of this series as far as just the, the simple gameplay element of, we're going to drop you off on a map. There's, you know, up to eight or 12 other cars go kill each other. And I think that they could do um, the, the, the cool thing about modern day technology is they could do that very easily. They could replicate that formula for single player, um, lo- local or multi or, you know, um, online like multiplayer co-op would work really well or PVP, but give players the choice like you know do do i want to play against other people or do i just want to kind of go with the story and have this you know destruction derby with machine guns and missiles and all this kind of cool shit just bring back that nice simple formula stop trying to get really cute with uh, well it has to be multiplayer and you'll have three cars but you could recruit up to six other people like no fuck that just let me get on a motorcycle like mr grim the little motorcycle guy and just like yeah run through people and i mean let me, the do only... my, let me do my own thing but in the twisted metal universe whether i want to be online multiplayer or when i play locally just give me a good twisted metal game so what, the only I thing think... that i think go on sorry after you mike i was just gonna say i was Jay... just gonna say what jamie's trying to say is it should be a battle royale with a season pass well, I was actually about to say, <laughs> um, I think the only way you could you could accept a Twisted Metal multiplayer, in my opinion, is if it was like they did like the Rocket League style and just completely made it free to play um, yeah. initially and just said, look, here's a free Twisted Metal game, uh, but there's loads of shitty cons- cosmetics so for people to spend their money on. People do that shit. Uh, but have all, like you say, have all the characters unlocked so you haven't got a pay for characters because that's lame no one likes paying for characters <laughs> i don't know man i would just and and you're right the sad thing is that's probably the best way that it could work but like twisted metal 2 man it, it, every single character had their own story and yeah it was really dark and fucked up and really no matter what way you you know if you beat the game you still kind of lost just because the story was so dark and i just and the the cool thing was it was had this great addictive gameplay but really just very simple graphics you know the the cutscenes were um like comics you know just still images um with a voiceover and that would be fine too to if they wanted to keep it that simple but just bring it back so that you know it's kind of like that old you know like the 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 fun thing about when you played street fighter 2 is e honda had his own ending ryu had his own ending yeah Yeah. you know what i mean like and you know i loved that and yeah the multiplayer thing it could work but um i would rather that be more of a a side thought and oh no i agree give, give us back that that ability to have a story but in this district like you know destruction derby type of i think setting. the the only real issue there is even twisted metal in itself is it's a rare entity to have a game that's focused mostly on driving and combat where mm-hmm. every 
character has a story anyway. Like, that's quite a rare entity in itself. Even in the old days, that's still quite a rare entity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I completely agree with you. Although the only character I can remember is Sweet Tooth. But I completely Sweet remember. Great. Sweet Tooth was the best. Oh, yeah. The f- he was awesome. This fucking ice cream truck death <laughs> machine. <laughs> so isn't that the the ice cream truck, isn't that in Rocket League as a drivable car? I think so, yeah. I'm not sure it is. I mean I think there's a there's like a throwback to it. Yeah. The link is already there, isn't it? Like it's just make it Just make it so. Make it so. Just make it so. Well, I mean they've just made that destruction all stars game. All you've got to do is put weapons on cars and make it really fucking dark and add a storyline. Yeah. And you're there. We're not asking <laughs> for much. <laughs> no, gee, we're only asking for about six to twelve months worth of development time. We're not asking yeah. for much here. Yeah, get off your asses, video games. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a solid, solid choice. I am, um, I'm, I'm fully on board with that. Fully on board, Mike. What's your second? Um, Ape Escape. So, Classic. Yeah, I don't know if either of you have ever played Ape Escape. It was just about uh, yes, yeah. It was a game where you just catch monkeys in a in a net, um, and you had all these like wacky gadgets and shit. Um, but I, I... not just monkeys though; there were monkeys with alarms on their head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah fucking sirens. I, I, I was skeptical until that last detail because I haven't played this one. But now that I know that they, they had like red head. flashing, like yeah, old, they... like sort of like police lights on their head, <laughs> oh, yeah, just like in the jungles. You should yeah. you should at least look it up. Um, it, it's such like it's just a, a crazy fun game, um, and I think if they brought it out for PlayStation, I think we mentioned this last week, didn't we? Um, the the potential of like the dual sense controller integrations with this game as well is is like it's up there, you know, as being one of the the fun ones. But I think with me recently playing like a shit ton of Breath of the Wild again. Make it open world and make it sort of like just a fully explorable world. We just gotta go and catch all of all of the monkeys and make it like the Korok seeds in <laughs> in Breath of the Wild. We just have to go out and find them and explore and um, so Breath of the Wild. But all you're doing is finding. I think that's I think that's just my new head. thing. It's like Breath of the Wild, but Pokemon. Like Breath of the Wild, but Ape Escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see it. I can yeah. see it. I mean, I can understand the the potential of that you referenced regarding the the, the dual sense controllers, but this also sounds like a really good pooping game. To your earlier point, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I can, I can see it. I don't know, you might want this one on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, all over that. But yeah, just just bring Ape Escape back, even if it's just <laughs> another Ape Escape. Just bring it back. I need more of that game. Just bring it back. Give I it beg you. <laughs> But um, PlayStation have the rights to this as well, so they're just sitting on this. Just do it. With it. Just do it already, PlayStation. Just being selfish. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have to send this episode to Sony after yeah. to be like, look, can you just make all these things happen? Well, it's the same with Xbox. They just sat on Rare and all of the Rare IPs that they've got, and they're doing fuck all with them. Like, bring another Banjo-Kazooie while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> and Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah, just this... <laughs> I mean, so many, so much stuff, so much stuff they need to just bring back, um, and so like, <laughs> my, that. 
that the hurt didn't go on my helmet. <laughs> I figured I, I, I slid it right under there. <laughs> it just slid it on the radar. So shout so, out camp. My um my second one. It kind of is getting a reboot, but not the way that I want it to. Mm. So, um, I don't know if you guys ever played the old Medal of Honor games. Oh, this is such a good pick, Shane. So, yeah, good quality games. Yeah, they were fantastic games. And the thing that I loved about Medal of Honor, and I don't know how what your two's view on this is, thing obviously like you've got the usual Call of Duties and the battlefields, and they always touch on the core, like infantryman standard battles that we all know about but medal of honor never did that it was always about the behind enemy lines like mm-hmm. um the sort of underground jewish resistance that were fighting back and it was always it was almost like a little bit more stealthy and a little bit more secretive yeah. um and well, it just it touched on the side of the war that no other war games really ever touch on just mm-hmm. um just on the on the note of that stealth there is a level or a couple of levels in the latest call of duty the cold war game that just really hit the same notes as sort of the infiltration levels in Medal of Honor like nice. almost almost exactly the that's same. Good. That's that's I mean that's pleasing to hear. Yeah. But that's I mean I know they're bringing back Medal of Honor in a VR format but just bring back Medal of Honor with like today's technology where we've got like, we've seen it with COD like bring it back with the the enhanced graphics the dual sense technology um and I'm not saying because Medal of Honor, you, it, it's one of its big things is it was always about being historically accurate. I'm not even yeah. saying have a story that is historically accurate. Like keep the game as historically accurate as possible, yes. But the story doesn't have to be a true life story. Just create right. a story around, go, go back to the, the roots of being an underground, behind enemy lines resistance. Because there's so much they could do with that. Mm-hmm. So many areas they can touch on that you don't get that don't get explored through the standard World War Two. I'm an infantryman who drops on D-Day and goes through the normal pathway. Um, yeah, just bring that back. I, I, yeah. I just love Medal of Honor. It was think, such a good series. I think games like COD Battlefield have a bit of a stranglehold on the on the shooter genre at the minute. And they do, but I think World War Two games have ultimately been uh, have ultimately died out at the moment like everybody's fed up with them and i think it's because most of them follow that format of your the infantryman replaying those battles that we've played a thousand times yeah yeah, yeah. whereas give give medal of honor almost give it the wolfenstein treatment not the same gameplay obviously but where they rebooted wolfenstein and like they rebooted it in such a way that it just it worked like give it that reboot treatment where they're rebooting everything and then just having a nice fresh story but again taking it to a different side of the war that we haven't seen before taking us through different formats of and because with today's graphics as well they could do some not i'm not saying be be dark for the sake of being dark but we all know that there were a lot of elements of world war ii that were absolutely heart-wrenchingly dark and they could really cover them in a like really well. I mean, you look at the last of us, for example. If you imagine that, but set in World War Two, and like discovering being being a Jewish resistance officer coming across the first um, the first known prison camp, for example, like things like that that they could touch on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That they could just do such a good job with and really tell that story. 
Um, but who, and who's, I who's the IP line with at the minute? Is it EA? I don't know. I'd have to look it up because I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm not um, sure who's making the new one. But yeah, I mean, I, and the other reason I'd see this is so important is because you see, and I, I'm not I'm not tarring everyone with the same brush, obviously, because it's not the case of everyone. But you see so many kids today that don't know a lot around World War Two and don't know the importance of some of the stuff that had happened because they don't. It's not in the media they watch. It's not mm. in the films they watch. It's not in the games they play. We'll start telling some of those. As I say, even if it's not a true story, you can still tell a very accurate story. Yeah, um, so yeah, totally. that's that's my pick. I'm just having a look now to see who owns it. I'm sure it's EA. Um, I mean, if it's EA, then we're we're lost. Yeah, yeah, it's a lost cause. <laughs> It's a very lost cause. But while I look this up, JB, what's your third game, mate? Uh, so third game is um, Castlevania. And yes. This to me was uh, the easiest one. As soon as I heard the topic for, for this particular episode, this was, a, this was the first one that came to mind. Um, and honestly, I think it's due for a reboot simply after watching the anime on Netflix. And I would base this game entirely off of that show yeah and i think you know the writing in that show is so good and so snappy and so smart and just so funny and engaging that i think if they bringing that over into a game would be really really good and the the cool thing about it is that i feel like there are so many different elements um, from a gameplay mechanics standpoint that could work i think turn-based would work really well I think so that, you had it. that was like a really interesting view because I'd never would have bought Castlevania as turn based. But but if it but yeah, and neither would I. But if you think about the way, particularly that show, the basing yeah. it off of that show, if you started with Alucard, Trevor, and Sifa, three very different types of fighters. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah that's where like and it's funny because turn-based games are not like i never liked them six months ago but after playing persona <laughs> now I'm like oh wait turn-based could actually I, I see the appeal now yeah so you just like thing is, oh this game but with persona yeah basically um but no but yeah i think turn-based could work i think that if you wanted to do um an abilities wheel like the other only other game i ever talk about all the time mass effect Something like that, where you could pull, you know, if you were playing from Trevor's perspective, but you could pull up Sifa or Alucard's abilities um, and, you know, use them at your disposal. Or, you know, doing a straight up character swap, like in fi the Final Fantasy VII remake, where you just, you're Trevor one minute and then you press a button and now yeah. you're Sifa and now you have her suite of abilities. Um, and I, I think that, like I said, that would just be where you're starting with those three different players and then there's a lot of different interesting characters that we've met so far in these first few seasons and i think that having a castlevania game where player choice would have a major role as far as you know there's from that series that we've seen you you, you both have watched it i'm assuming oh yeah 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 it's fantastic mm -hmm. so there's there's just a lot of you know imperfect allies that you could come across along the way as far as you know like you could um align with the religious sect or 
with the you know demon worship i don't know there's just yeah, there's yeah. a lot of different ways that you can go in, in the lore and um even the relationship building within the the party um you know some choices that you make might uh appeal more to sifa versus alucard versus any other of the allies that you make and i feel like that you, i don't know i feel like this could be a really deep game um to just and kind of get it as far away from that hack and slash as possible and make it a really like rpg heavy castlevania series based entirely off of the anime yeah that would be sick like i i think i've mentioned it in a previous episode that castlevania bought um dark souls you know just have this huge castle to explore and just make it like really tense combat like um you know like souls or bloodborne mm-hmm. i think that is, they they'd go hand in hand but i really like this like turn-based element and have it entirely based on the anime yeah and honestly like, that i feel like that's that's a pretty far departure from previous castlevania entries but that dynamic between those characters yeah has been about. so good and that's why I just like I I feel like any Castlevania game if if they ever do bring it back you're you can't have that that sole protagonist anymore yeah. you're gonna have to have yeah. these companions just because the show's done such a good job of it yeah like that that show does a great job of like relationship building and mm-hmm. um, getting to know those characters so yeah it's a yeah it's like it's like it's just this great show based off of a video game so let's make a great video game based off of a great show based yeah. off of a great video game you know <laughs> the circle is complete yeah yeah no that's that is a solid shout yeah definitely. solid mike before you go on to your third one um so ea do own medal of honor and the most recent one the vr one is actually being made by respawn the, hmm. the the fucking studio that would be perfect to make a proper <laughs> Medal of Honor game, having made Titanfall one and two. Yeah, wow. But yeah, that's it. Interestingly, I didn't know that the series was created by Steven Spielberg, but actually now it makes sense. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. <laughs> but yeah, like the, the man, the man who tells too. the most, <laughs> the man who tells the most, like other side of world war ii stories yeah. makes a game that tells the other side of world war ii stories <laughs> yeah you know it's it's funny because i and i know we've already moved past medal of honor but one thing that i really appreciated about that game is that i i feel like it, at least before i played metal gear solid the medal of honor i think the, the first medal of honor game was the most cinematic game i had ever played and that actually makes perfect sense now yeah exactly yeah uh but yeah so we don't go back onto that um mike what's your third one uh time splitters time splitters needs to come back it's it's one of those games i spent literally hundreds of hours playing as a kid um i just yeah it was it had this great like multiplayer um it's kind of similar to how golden i played it was very similar in terms of like gameplay mechanics and stuff but it was just had all these crazy characters and there was monkeys. Uh, there was a duck man. There was like a, a guy <laughs> with a, a pattern. Here. Yeah, yeah. Just games with monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just such a great shooter. It's so far ahead of its time. Like it, it had the original sort of zombies 
thing that that's really famous now in Call of Duty games. Like it just had that as like a little side mode. Um, we'd have zombies breaking through like doors, and you just have to shoot wave after wave after wave. Like in in my eyes, they created that, and then just Call of Duty was just like, yeah, that's cool. We'll take that. Um, yeah, like I was playing that. I was playing COD Zombies before COD Zombies even existed in time. Okay, place. hipster. Yeah, before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that Time Splitters did amazingly, and I used to play this so much, was its difficulty levels for each level. Yeah, yeah. Um, particularly, and I want to say it was either two or three. I'm thinking it was three. I'm thinking it was Future Perfect. Um, but I used to play it at my friend's house, and um, we spent we used to spend months, like literally a, a solid two months on the on like one level at a time, because the difficulties of the higher the higher difficulties of it, like the hard and extra hard modes, you would have to literally memorize where every single yeah, enemy yeah, was, yeah. because it it didn't just make the enemies harder; it threw in loads of extra objectives. So it was like you physically can't get spotted, or like cameras cannot detect you. Um, and that, but it was made in such a way that it was possible. And every yeah. time you played that level, you would get an extra like five or six steps forward. And you're like, well, I know I can do it. I know I can do it. <laughs> um, and you just used to spend months just literally learning and repeating the same level over yeah. and over and over. Like I know um, the second one specifically had so many like challenge runs and um, there was just so much content in that game. It's just ridiculous. I had all these different modes, um, all different variations of the modes, and then there was challenge runs, time attacks, things like that. There was just so much in there to keep you going. Um, but it was very like arcadey, and and with the shooting mechanics and stuff and the gameplay in general was very like arcadey, and there was always seemed to be like a timer at the top of the screen, um, so you were like running through quickly and stuff. But I don't. I, it was, like, but it. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it also did a really good job of, like, not necessarily mocking but covering so many different genres. Like yeah. I remember you'd go the first mission on one of them where it was like you, it was basically a spy mission in Siberia, and you had to like sneak into a military base and steal some like data. And then yeah. two missions, two or three missions on, you'll be having a shootout in a futuristic neon Japan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it did the, such the, a good job. Just the whole premise of it, like, just there's so much potential to, like, go to these different worlds and, and explore all the different themes and stuff. Like, you could literally, like, you know, drop in on D-Day on, on one of the missions and then the next you'd be, you know, in space or whatever. Yeah, so good. But I think like the if it was just sort of very similar game mechanics, I don't think it would hold up. I think they'd have to give it that sort of over the top um treatment, similar similar to like Doom Eternal or um Yeah, it would have to be a, a reboot as opposed to a remake. Yeah, like if you yeah. remade that game it wouldn't work, but a full reboot would yeah. work have, if it's done well. To go over the top with like the the gameplay mechanics and the guns and stuff. Um, you know, or maybe like a character shooter type thing, like Overwatch in a way, but not as multiplayer heavy. Yeah, um, yeah, it has still, to... still still arcadey, but has that that feel of of the Overwatch mechanics, like shooting wise. Yes, um, 
But yeah, that was that was my, that was my last oh, bit. I won it. Give it to me. I won it now. <laughs> I never played Time Split. I was just kind of sitting back listening to you guys talk about it. It sounds like a really, really fun game. Oh, it's oh, so, so good. good. Honestly, so good. It lost the, a lot of my childhood. It had the same, the same sort of gameplay mechanics as, as Goldeneye did. So it was almost exactly the same as Goldeneye, but it had just so much more content to it. Yeah. A lot of, um, when you like read into Time Splitters, a lot of people see it as a bit of a spiritual successor to Goldeneye. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it really was. Hmm. But yeah, incredible game. Um, so for my last one then, I think this is one that's like, it's talked about all the time by everyone as a reboot that needs to happen. Yeah. And that's Dino Crisis. This this was one of my just, honorable mentions as well. <laughs> it just it just needs to happen. Like give it the full Resident Evil treatment. Um yeah, Resident Evil 2. Yeah, or or, the, or I would even go cuz Resident Evil 2 still very much kept like a lot of the original gameplay in it, but it gave it like a new updated version. Yeah. I'd even go as far as to say like give it that dead space level of gameplay where it's more free flowing than a uh, resident evil and the co- they like the guns on because the one thing i hate about resident evil is aiming the guns it infuriates me but <laughs> give it that more free flowing but like a proper dinosaur horror game yeah because i just again why wouldn't you <laughs> who doesn't love dinosaurs I know. I know. We said that vampires needs to to make a comeback, but dinosaurs. Like, dinosaurs you know, need to make a comeback. There. Yes. I can imagine, like, um, I mean, the, I think they bring him on out where it's like you just chased by hordes of like velociraptors. I'm sure it's like a is it announced at like summer games yeah, or something. Yeah, I can't can't remember what it's called, but there is a game that's coming out like that. Yeah. Um, but that that looks very like outdoorsy, whereas. Yeah. Because if I remember Dino Crisis correctly, what I kind of want is like, imagine the story being like you're on the Jurassic Park island, like for whatever reason you end up going onto the island and it's dark and like it's already been abandoned and you're having to work your way through all of the complexes and stuff and you're just hearing like the clacking of the, the Velociraptor's claws like in the other room as you're trying to sneak your way through before getting fucking jump scare attacked. Oh, yeah. That would fill me with joy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially when you compare it to something like Dead Space where it's it's very creepy and ethereal, but it, it like, it, you know, it doesn't exist. Necromorphs aren't real. But dinosaurs, granted, they're not real now. But the fact that something <laughs> they as were. Ter- terrifying did exist... It makes it that much fucking freakier, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just... Yeah, it, I, it, I mean, it's never going to happen, but it needs to. So many people want it to happen. Yeah. So a many. huge outcry for it, isn't there? A, a huge outcry. It's such a beloved game, but I just don't think it's on... I don't even know. Was it Capcom? I don't know That's... who made... Maybe Capcom's coming to mind, but I don't think it's on anyone's radar. Yeah. To uh, Dino Crisis game series was yeah Capcom. Yeah, I mean Capcom are on fire at the minute as well with the games that they're bringing out. I mean, maybe Capcom will turn around and go, oh, "Let's do it. Let's just do it." Come on, Capcom, if you're listening, mate. 
do it, Capcom. Sort it out. I'm trying to think of like what modern day gun could you bring into a situation where you would feel comfortable entering a like a jungle cage situation with velociraptors. I can't think of one gun. What's what's the biggest gun that you could possibly give me that could kill a T Rex <laughs> in one hit? Well, so like that's the thing. A tank. Yeah, but like, what if you had to hold the gun? Like, that's the stipulation. Uh, well, I mean, you know more about guns than I do. What's the biggest gun? You well, can that's, give me? That's, like what I'm thinking of is, you know, if you think of like a, a a 50 caliber machine gun, but you can't really operate that. In a, you can't operate that mobily. Yeah, I just go for flamethrower and then just do 360 spins. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like a Velociraptor would outsmart a flamethrower. Yeah, maybe. Potentially. Potent- <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I'll be honest, I'd probably just die. Yeah. I think I, think I would just, <laughs> yeah, I'd just die <laughs> in that situation. The Velociraptors will just be having me for dinner. <laughs> and if they do make the remake, they need to do a section in the long grass. Like yes. In Jurassic Park 2. For sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> right, so to wrap up then, should we quickly just run through any leftover honourable mentions? Jamie, yeah. did you have any honourable mentions? I, I did, but they're all on your your list of... Uh, your, yours and Mike's list of honourable mentions, so I'm just going to sit back and let you guys roll. Okay. Mike, do you want to go ahead with your ones? Um, Freedom Fighters. Which I don't, I don't know. Do you remember this game at all? Um, it's, again, I can see the I can see the case in my head, but I, yeah. I don't remember um, the gameplay. So it was set in America that it got um, invaded by either Russia or Korea or one of the one of the bad ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you essentially were like forced underground, and um, you were became these freedom fighters. Um, but you'd you'd sort of attack targeted locations that held like a fuel dump or ammo dump or whatever around parts of the city um, and you'd also gather troops and then you could command those troops in the battle so it was like a third person shooter um, you could tell them to like attack and then they'd just run in and, and just guns blazing and attack it was really like America. simple and rudimentary but I think with like the refinements of, of today um, it could be like a really great game to bring back um, yeah, that's solid. My next one uh, was Champions of Norath, which was just a Diablo clone, but it was set in the EverQuest world. Um, so it's just all elves and orcs and um, more elves. Um, it was a great little game. Yeah, it's just a Diablo clone. There's nothing special. Nerd about shit. It. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just a looter, looter slasher thing. Um, my next one is. Siphon filter, yes, this yes. Is such did, a yeah, pick. yeah, yeah. This is uh, this was should have been higher up on the list to be fair. Um, but yeah, just that needs to come back. Everyone loves siphon filter, yeah. Um, I even played yeah, like some of the multiplayer versions on the PS2 that they brought out, I think, um, which weren't as good, but I still love them. Like, I love that game, you know. I'm yeah. actually surprised that siphon filter didn't end up in any of our top threes between the three of us. That's kind of crazy. It is yeah. one that I dabbled with a lot. And then I saw Mike had it in his honorable mention, so I thought I'd just leave it there. Yeah, it's <laughs> that was such a good series. That was a solid series. 
Yeah. The um, taser. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god, well you'd like taser. hold it for like a little bit longer and then they'd end up just crispy. watch them fucking burn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that's that's taking me back to uh, the the group episode. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a dino crisis for one of them which we've already been through and then as your dreams was this um almost town builder like stardew valley but you have a, a roguelike element where you'd go into a, a giant tower and you battle your way up the, up the tower and then it had this um pokemon element to it where you'd find eggs in the tower and you take them back home and hatch them and then you'd use them to fight in the tower um but you'd so it'd be like a day-night cycle type thing. So in the night, you'd, you'd go into the tower and, and battle away, um, and you'd come out. And then in the day, you'd sort of meet people and sort of really like Stardew Valley, be helping to like develop the town and stuff. Like it just, it was. I spent so much time on this game as a kid, and nobody knows, nobody's ever heard of it. <laughs> but it was fucking fantastic, made by Konami as well. Um, mm, wow. Sounds solid. Yeah, I had never heard of it before. Yeah, and one of the great things about this game, which always sticks in my head, was um, because it was made by Konami, uh, when you're playing Metal Gear Solid, the first one, where you, you fight in Mantis and he reads your memory cards, oh, he actually, it's a game that's actually voice acted, and it just fucking blew my 12-year-old mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so good. He's like, oh, you've been playing as your dreams, have you? So I was like, what? Son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, mom, help. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was it. It's like a relationship city building or little town building thing. It was great. So uh, Shane, here's, here's uh, Yeah, I'm one. just going to, I'll quickly fly through mine. So um, Tenchu, if anyone played the Tenchu games back on PlayStation. Another fucking great pick man great games yeah and there's oh, been so good there's been a real like um love for, like samurais and ninjas recently with sekiro and ghost of shishima it still mm-hmm. this feels like a good time to reboot it i mean yes. sekiro was like the sort of spiritual successor wasn't it uh, yeah but it was more dark soulsy whereas tenchu yeah. was more like stealth and like yeah it, it was more like an assassin's creed but you were a ninja Definitely yeah. merits its if own you, game. If you if you snuck up on somebody and tent you and stabbed them, you either killed them or you made their life a lot more difficult. Whereas Sekiro, you could sneak up on somebody to be like, yeah, I don't fucking care. This game's hard. Yeah, Tenchu wasn't like <laughs> exactly. <that. laughs> exactly. Um Dark Cloud, which I know I've spoke about on the podcast before, which is one of the is an old level five game. It's so like good. a JRPG. It's really where good. you've such a great game where you're like rebuilding the world after yeah that was another town, town building type thing weird yeah and yeah. you had to go into like dungeons to get like materials to help you rebuild the world fantastic game yeah. definitely need to reboot um sly cooper which was on playstation 3 was like a cell shaded yeah, uh, action platformer where you played as a raccoon called sly and he was a thief um and he had a a turtle that was his mate who was like the guy in the chair. Um, yeah. Really, really good game. Really solid game. Pretty, uh, pretty sexy Ju- for a raccoon as well. A hundred percent. Duke Nukem. I'm not going to go into this too much because everyone knows who Duke Nukem is. Give it the Doom makeover. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like 
give it what they've done with Doom, do that with Duke Nukem. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, to top it off, Red Faction, but not Red Faction Guerrilla. Go back to like reboot it, but make it more like the original Red Faction. Because Red Faction yeah. 1 was incredible. One, one and two were like amazing. Just so, yeah. Did you so I loved one and two as well. Did you not like Gorilla? I didn't mind Gorilla, but Gorilla came away from Gorilla was more like um GTA but on Mars, wasn't it? Whereas one and two were first person or third person shooters. Mm-hmm. I'm sure one was a first person shooter. Well, yeah, it was definitely a first person shooter. Yeah. One was a first person shooter with a really good storyline, whereas Gorilla felt like GTA but on Mars. Yeah, I yes. think Gorilla fell into that trap of making everything all open world with like all these collectibles to collect over there because that was the when trend it, yeah, at the time. When it didn't need to be. Yeah. But, but yeah. Red Faction Gorilla was still fun as fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, was a, it was a good game. Yeah. 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 Smashing stuff up with a hammer and throwing, you know, C4 charges on everything. Everything just comes crumbling down. Like it's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, but if but they reboot it, take it. You can back only to do those... that for like fifteen hours before you're like, all right, exactly. Yeah. Take take it back to those old school first person story driven days yeah. of refraction. Give me mm-hmm. a big hammer, still, but take it back to first person. Like and smash you, you know walls. what's <laughs> so satisfying about that series is that. I mean, we all love the original, you know, Wolfenstein and Dooms, but it was all like, oh, you got to get the red key card if you want to get through this door. Where Red Faction was like, oh, do you, do you have a grenade launcher? Because you can just blow this wall up. If yeah, this is where you're yeah. Go. Oh. That was that was so fucking great, man. <laughs> so you got the little fucking um, that the little vehicle that had a drill on the front that you could just drill your way around. Oh, yeah, so good. <laughs> so good. But anyway, on that, Mike. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, we're done. So that's been this week's episode of Triple XP. Um, join us for the next episode where we have number one gun as our guest. Um, if we miss any games that need a reboot, let us know in the comments. And uh, yeah, that's it. So we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Triple FP. Triple X-D.